Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. What are you doing, Wagner? That's what we're doing right now on Saturday Second. What are you doing, Wagner? We're just seeing what people are doing in and around pandemic, maybe not in the, the narrow mono, monocle world of, monocle's not what, the monovision world of sports, sports for sports. But we do have this, we do have these updates, programming updates. Today, three o'clock, right here on the score, we will bring you the Preakness. That race is being run today. It's being run on the score, Chicago Sports Radio 670. Tomorrow, in case you hadn't heard, the Bears game has been changed because Patriots-Chiefs was changed. It was postponed until maybe Monday, maybe Tuesday. Cam Newton tested positive for COVID-19. They are running tests on everyone else. And to last indication is the Patriots still haven't gotten the results back and still haven't left so they will, that game, that window tomorrow afternoon, 325, will be filled by Mark Grody and his Bears against the Colts at Soldier Field. That means the score, the score is Bet Rivers pregame show kicks off at noon. Habarka, Sholan Krutz, Patrick Manley, and Mark Grody. You can listen live on 670 The Score, radio.com app, get the latest on the inactives, the keys to the game and all the Bears news. So anyways, one of the reasons I love doing What Are You Doing, Wagner, is stuff like this. So there's an anniversary 18 years ago. Dennis Leary, who I love. Do you love Dennis Leary? Are you a fan of Dennis I Leary, I do. Mark? I do. Some yeah. of his like older stuff is just classic, yes. I, he was so manic. I went back to like the first special he had, and it's fitting. He was talking about coffee and caffeine and coffee, and it was, I could not... I could not keep up. I needed a Valium after watching him do this. But I just love Cigarettes, him. red meat. Yep. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's just, well, he, he had his foundation raised money for firefighters, for fallen firefighters. It's learyfirefighters.org. And what, one of the things he would do to raise money, because he's, he's from Boston, he's a huge hockey fan, a big Bruin fan, he would have a charity hockey game, part of raising money for that. One year... This was 18 years ago. He invited Steven Tyler of Aerosmith to sing the national anthem before his charity event. So Dennis Leary saw that note this week and retweeted, not only did I am Steven T sing the anthem, he also coached the celebrity team 
and spent hours signing autographs and taking pictures with Worcester Fire Department and Fire Department of New York members and their families. Somebody actually asked Bobby Orr, hey, can you introduce me to Steven? Wow. I love that. <laughs> Bobby Orr, here you go. Here's maybe the greatest hockey player ever, the guy who changed the game more than anybody else. Can you get me close to Steven Tyler? I love that. Get him in We're, there. Yeah, good for uh, Dennis. Lee. He's always been very uh, fireman, firewoman friendly, for sure. Yes, he has. Uh, so we've been, we're the mom show. You know, Gene Grody is the, the arch mom on this show. Yeah. And then we got to know Alice, um, who is Trash Panda's mom. And, and we got to know Tom Thayer's mom. And she taught us through Tom on one of her last moments how to pick a good chicken to make chicken noodle soup, which is theirs is just outstanding. And now comes Randy Mahomes. This was last Monday night. This was tweeted out during the Chiefs game last Monday night by Randy Mahomes. If this announcer doesn't stop calling my son Pat, ugh, I may scream. LOL, hashtag help at ESPN, NFL at ESPN. That's hilarious. If this announcer... It's not even no name. That's it. This that, announcer. That go that reminds me of the whole Mitch or Mitchell Trubisky uh-huh. thing. And that yeah. Mitch didn't really care, but his mom did because his mom named him Mitchell, darn it. Ooh. And when she heard him being interviewed or referred to, she always wanted to hear it as Mitchell because she's mom. So yeah, moms are moms are pretty territorial about such things. I get it. We welcome all the mom stuff on this show because moms are moms run things and mom run things moms run thing right run things right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we had a passing. Well, I had several this week, but one of note to, to sports fans, and it and it recalls something that sports fans should should be read. It's a it's a reference guide, and it's also a movie. Mac Davis passed away. Mac Davis, you you have to be old like me to remember him singing "Baby, Baby, Don't Get Hooked on Me." He took that to number one. Mac Davis sang uh, "It's Hard to Be Humble," and oh. and he he wrote songs for a variety of people. A lot of it, Kenny Rogers, Dolly Parton, Glenn Campbell, Tom Jones, Johnny Cash all recorded his work. So did Elvis. He wrote "In the Ghetto." And Elvis took that to number three. I had no idea Mac Davis wrote that, but Mac Davis did that, and he was he wrote "Watching Scotty Grow" for Bobby Goldsboro. So Mac Davis was was country music hall of fame and just music hall of fame. I'm not going to lie to you. When you said Mac Davis, I thought you were talking about a college football coach. So well, carry on. Well, yeah. we're getting to football. It's a very football oh. name, isn't it? Yeah, it is. He, it sounds like a he, former Texas coach or something, Mac Davis. Well, he played quarterback for a Texas team on film. He played quarterback Seth Maxwell in the movie North Dallas 40. Well, there we go. He made his film debut in North Dallas 40. Nick Nolte was was Phil Elliott, the 
the movie was based on a book by Pete Gent called, again, same name, North Dallas 40. He played for the Cowboys. He played for, he, he played for Tom Landry, after whom that coach in there that played by the actor Spradlin was, was, was um, basically that was Tom Landry. The quarterback, Seth Maxwell, Mac Davis played him with such a plum, such ease. He was playing the role of Don Meredith. Dandy mm. Don was actually offered the role before Mac Davis, but he did not he did not take it. And also in that movie, first of all, you gotta understand, North Dallas 40 was a it ripped the scab off all of the pain injections, all of the needles. And the NFL football just hated the whole thing. Dallas Cowboys were America's team, and that was this did not reflect well on them. John Matuzak, among many other football players, was in that movie. And John Matuzak plays naturally a defensive lineman who's outsized, and he's just spectacular. He was terrific as an actor, and he had the central line of the movie. It was every time I say it's a game, you tell me it's a business. Every time I say it's a business, you tell me it's a game. And that was in the middle of a long rant in a scene that John Matuzak had with Jack Warden. And huh. it was just, I, I recommend reading the book, but if you can't, you go watch the movie and it's really what football was like and still is in a huge way. North Dallas. All right. Well, well, that was a lot of time on it? Mac Davis, but no, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Uh, but maybe, maybe I will go see it now or maybe I won't. I don't know. I'm not sure. Okay. I just thought it was it was <laughs> no, Matt Davis. You were right. You had the whole football thing. So that was like a southern yeah. football thing. I felt like I we have... connected some dots together on that. You one. did. We did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I wanted to thank the um, I'm Fat podcast. They got merch. Do you know that the I'm Fat podcast with Jay Zawoski and Rick Camp? They got merch now. Have you, did What's you that? see that? Oh, they do merchandise. That's the way you say it. You say merch. merch. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. that's the hip lingo the you that talk. all the popular yep. kids yes say yes so there's one of them they have shirts that said like there's a giant spud in front of a giant potato in front of a bunch of french fries says i'm fat podcast and then the standard outline red outline on a pizza box of italy and sicily and it says i'm fat podcast and then there's one of 0.0 which is (laughs) which is just inspired in their version of what how much their marathon is. Um, I want to thank the I'm Fat Podcast for sending me an I'm Fat Podcast t-shirt. Well, I really? Asked, I asked for extra large, because I and I said, do you guys make them this small? Right, right. And, it's... and, and Rick Camp replied that we make them, we understand there's some extreme normies, so we do make them that small. So I wore it and I managed to dribble wine, chocolate, <laughs> and part of my dinner on the shirt. Perfect. And I let them know and I really hope I did them proud. I, I just I hope they I, I hope I warranted their investment in the t-shirt that that i was able to receive of the iron fat that is that's incredible and by the way while we're talking about those guys and jay zawoski jay zawoski wrote a book about the blackhawks you should buy his book about the chicago blackhawks just go on his twitter 
Um, and he is signing autographed copies, and he will send that book to you. Another thing I'd like to bring up, because you said merch to abbreviate merchandise, and yeah, that's the way we talk these days, and we do that with last names, right? We, we cut off the last part of people's names to make it, especially with sports names, right? Um, and Dave Fleming was the guy that was doing the, I think the White Sox games or Cubs games, I don't know, Dave Fleming for, for ESPN, and uh, maybe maybe that's a bad name to do the abbreviation thing because they kept on saying, "Thanks, Flem. Back to you, Flem. Good job, <laughs> Flem." I'm like, "Do we look? Does anybody realize what you're saying? That that doesn't sound good. That's not cool. That do, and and I don't even mean that as like sophomoric. It just that does not. Let's we don't have to do that." with every single name, and Dave Fleming's is a bad name to do the abbreviation thing. Let's just go full Fleming as opposed to back to you, Flem. Doesn't sound good. Yes, right. That's an, that's an excellent point. Um, Thank you. I had similar thoughts when there were several teams, hockey teams I covered, and the player's last name was Duchesne. And it was short. <laughs> right. And by you don't the, have to do that. Right. Anyways, yesterday, we'll leave you with this before we go to Nancy Armour. We'll leave you with this. 1890, yesterday, Groucho Marx was born. And All Things Marx is a Twitter website, uh, a Twitter account, All Things Marx, tweeted out this quote. Those are my principles. And if you don't like them, well... I have others. <laughs> I nice. love Groucho. The Twitter bio, the Twitter account bio uses the timeless Groucho line. I never forget a face, but in your case, I'll be glad to make an exception. <laughs> and I, there's always room for Groucho. Just like there's always room for moms. And That's right. there's always room for Nancy Armour on this show. She wrote about the, the Bears quarterback switch. And she's in favor of another switch. We will talk to her about that after this on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Welcome in, welcome back. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Brody. We're here with you, Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. It's Saturday Suckage. We'll take you up to 2 o'clock. At 3 o'clock today, we will bring you coverage of the Preakness right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Tomorrow, The Score's Bet Rivers pregame show kicks off at noon. That's a change. Habarkish, Owen Krutz, Patrick Manley, and the aforementioned Mark Rohde will be live on 670, The Score, and the Radio.com app. Get the latest inactives, the keys to the game, all the Bears news. That change is because Cam Newton was was tested positive for COVID-19. The Patriots did not get on a plane in anticipation of the Chiefs game in the afternoon window tomorrow. That game was postponed until Monday, Tuesday, or who knows when. In their place will go the Bears and Colts tomorrow at Soldier Field, 325 kickoff here and that will mark the debut as a starting quarterback of Nick Foles joining us now on the I will, Money. Uh, huh I'll be there I'll be there you'll Go be ahead. there Proceed. Marco. Proceed. Be there yep 
Joining us now on the Alpamonte Ford Hotline, Alpamonte Ford in Melrose Park, is somebody who is writing about the start of the Nick Foles era, the end of the Mitch Trubisky era, and Nancy Armour of USA Today, USA Today. Thanks for joining us. She thinks this should be the end of another era, and I'm in wholehearted agreement with. Nance, thanks for joining us today. Share with the class who else's <laughs> time should be up besides Mitch Trubisky. Well, if you're the guy who picked Mitch Trubisky over Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes, traded up needlessly to get Mitchell Trubisky, um, didn't go out and get serviceable backups uh, the last couple of seasons in case young Mitchell didn't fare so well, that to me is problematic, especially when you're going to have to be going out and drafting another franchise quarterback. So, I, you know, obviously I'm not making the decisions for the Bears, but I think that they should be in the market for a new general manager. Let me ask you this question. Um, and and there's, there's a lot of people that are going to agree with you, no doubt about it. But it, if the Bears are to win this year, are GMs not allowed to mend their mistakes? Because there are plenty of GMs who have taken the wrong quarterback throughout their 10 years. Oh, sure. And, and, you know, picking a quarterback is in, in very much an inexact science. I get that. Um, but the Bears, and I think it's Pace most particularly, has had a blind spot about Trubisky going back to his senior year in college. Um, and I will freely admit, um, I did, you know, I didn't see Patrick Mahomes coming. I thought he was a good quarterback coming out of college. I didn't see him being Patrick Mahomes. But I had watched Deshaun Watson play in the last two national title games, winning, the, you know, his senior year. And how you, you thought that Trubisky, after, what, 13 games at North Carolina, how you thought he was a better bet than Deshaun Watson, to me, is, I, I, it is never going to make sense to me. Um, and then the fact that, I mean, how many times, like if I had a dollar for every time I heard that, you know, Trubisky's making progress, he's ready to take that next step. He's doing really well in training camp. Uh, who cares? It, you know, he's the mistakes that he's made in games have been the same year after year after year. And it doesn't matter what you're doing in practice. It's what you do when you get on the field and he didn't get it done. And if you're the GM, you've got to recognize that. And base has not we're talking with Nancy Armour, columnist for USA Today. We're talking about Mitch Trubisky and the change of Nick Foles and and Ryan Pace's job. And I, I have long lobbied for that because for whatever Ryan Pace has done with the defense, whatever quality players he's found later in the draft, if you get the most important position wrong, and he seems to have a history of this from keeping Jay Cutler to signing Mike Lennon, to pay, moving up, to paying a, a ransom to move up for Mitch Trubisky to then paying for Nick Foles. You just don't seem to know what you're doing at the most important position. And I think that is the greatest indictment. We have, it's not just one bad decision. There's a, there's a, a profile here of a guy who just should not be allowed to make another quarterback decision. Do you see the Bears holding that against him when the season's over, or if they get to the playoffs, then all is forgiven? Well, I, I you know, if, if, I, I feel a lot better about the Bears with, with Nick Foles at quarterback. I, I just do. Um, but he's also, what, 31, 32? 
Um, so he's not your long-term answer. You know, you're still going to have to go back and, and draft a franchise quarterback or, or what you hope to be a franchise quarterback um, or find, you know, some free agent or, or somebody deep in the draft who can, you can groom. Um, and, you know, like you said, Steve, if you are making the same mistake with quarterback, which is the linchpin of your team, you want this guy making these decisions again. I mean, you, you've basically given up three seasons, possibly four, the defense, which, yes, he gets credit for building, and, and you know, what he pulled off with Khalil Mack is, is amazing, but he's basically squandered a championship defense these last couple of years and by not having a, a decent quarterback. I'm not even talking a Hall of Famer. I'm talking, a, you know, a decent one that's not going to cost you games. So unless you're willing to, to roll the dice that, that – you know, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a couple more good years in him, and Kirk Cousins is going to be continue to be Kirk Cousins, and the Lions are going to continue to be the Lions. I, I I don't know how you keep doing the same thing over and over again. How do we square up the fact, though, that in when Trubisky was drafted, it's not like this was an outside of the box draft pick necessarily. Now it, he didn't need to move up to two to get Trubisky. That is true. However. There were a lot of people, a lot of scouts who liked Trubisky and liked him as a top five pick. So I guess my point is it wasn't like Ryan Pace was like, oh, I've got this idea that nobody else is thinking of. There was a lot of praise heaped on Mitchell Trubisky and a lot of people who thought that he was the best quarterback out of that triumvirate of quarterbacks. He was wrong. But how do we square that up with the idea? Because when we're talking about, you know, a guy being taken out of his job, how do we square that up when that was kind of groupthink that Trubisky was going to be a successful quarterback in the NFL? And, again, I go back to the fact of you looked at the body of work. And, you know, if you want to pay for potential, that's fine. But I think the price has to be commensurate. And I don't think it was if you're talking Trubisky. Whereas, again, and I, I just I keep going back to Deshaun Watson, here was a guy who was phenomenal at Clemson. He had, you know, had gotten them to two national title games, had won one national title. How you decide, you know, and if, especially the, the story that the Tribune did last year on, on what went into the decision between Trubisky, um, Watson, and Mahomes, it doesn't seem as if the, the Bears gave that much thought or, or gave sufficient thought to the other two guys. That they were that they were committed, or that they wanted Trubisky, and kind of let themselves be, you know, have blinders on about the potential of these two other guys. Um, you know, if they had taken Trubisky at say like number twelve or so, or something like that, I probably wouldn't have had as much problems. Again, I just and I remember saying this on draft night, like yelling at the TV, going, "How do you not take Watson? Like, just how do you not take?" Him? <laughs> um, I'm serious, and I have been complaining about this for three plus years now. Um, so to me, again, it's, you know, it wasn't as if you had two guys who were sort of unproven, were, you know, great physical skills, but, you know, weren't quite sure how they were going to make the transition. You had, you had potential with Trubisky. You had a proven guy with Watson. We're talking with Nancy Armour. But Watson, was, he, he was chosen, to, he was chosen, tw- he was chosen 12th. And, yeah, and he went behind, Mahomes yeah, he went behind Mahomes. 10th. Yeah, and there were a lot of people at the time that went. Yeah, so, I mean, there's a whole lot of other GMs. Yeah, there's a lot of other GMs who should apparently be fired then. I mean, ahead of these guys. The the, the game, the, the NFL games that we're watching, Nancy, I have a, 
in watching them and being hyper-focused on the Bears, they have beaten teams, two of which were coached by guys who were in their last year, and another one is a guy who's in his first year. Because I just, Matt Patricia and Dan Quinn, they, all, they both have to be fired. Joe Judge is in his first year. And those teams reflect the, the, their, this kind of inconsistency we've seen, but it, it, and lousiness, frankly. And then you don't know how to judge who's good, who's not. At least I don't. Have you established any kind of guideline, any kind of baseline, like for knowing who's good, who's not good, what to weigh against what, as we've seen three weeks go by in the NFL season? Well, I think you look at the fact that, you know, week one, you needed a, a phenomenal fourth quarter comeback to beat the Lions. Um, week two, you needed to hang on for dear life to beat the Giants. And last week, you needed Foles to come in and bail you out um, against the Falcons. Um, so, yeah, the Bears are 3-0, and and yes, you give credit because a win is a win is a win. But, you know, it gets harder from here. And I, I you know, the, the thing that I will that that troubled me most about Trubisky is that you saw the same mistakes over and over again. The, the throwing, overthrowing receivers, the, you know, the sloppy footwork, um, the, you know, just not being able to get it done consistency. I mean, listen, the guy, the guy does have talent clearly, but you need to be able to harness it and be able to deliver on it consistently. And particularly when you most need it. And that, that's the one thing we've never seen. Do you think that this is going to allow, do you think this is going to allow Matt Nagy to Nancy to be be him to actually uh, unveil the playbook or the play calls that that he wants to finally? Uh, yeah, I do, and I think you know number one, he's familiar with Foles. Foles has played in in whether it's his system or Andy Reid's system or Doug Peters, you know, whatever, however you want to characterize it, he's played in that system before. So I think there's probably a level of trust that. Nagy's probably never had with, with Trubisky. Remember, this was, you know, he came on board when Trubisky was already here, um, which that is a whole other thing that we can go into. But um, so, yeah, I, I think there's, I think I would expect that, that Nagy's going to have more confidence in what Foles can do and what Foles can deliver for him. So, yeah, I think you will see him get a little more creative and, and probably give Foles some more freedom, too. Yeah. Nancy, I, in identifying you as a USA Today columnist, I did not want to shortchange you. She's People out there should know that Nancy uh, hosts a podcast called Changing the Game. So share with the class, tell the audience, what, with whom and what that's about. Well, we just wrapped up season one, um, and thank you for the shout-out for it. Um, it is a podcast about women who are using sports to change the way the world sees women. So I like to call it, you know, my shorthand for it is badass women in sports and why the world needs more of them. Um, so the first, the first season yeah. we talked with yes. Muffet McGraw, um, who used to be, you know, coach Notre Dame, women's basketball, Olympic gymnast Lori Hernandez, um, Olympic champion swimmer Simone Manuel, um, Jen Walter, who was the first female coach in the NFL, um, the great legendary Doris Burke, um, Neka Agumake, who's the president of the WNBA Players Association, as well as being a forward with the Los Angeles Sparks. So just a group of really cool women. And, and we talked about all kinds of different things, you know, whether it's equal pay or negotiating for contracts, um, you know, breaking glass ceilings, all of those things that, that really sports has helped women do. The podcast is called Changing the Game. 
the yeah, host it is. And, and the host is our guest, award-winning sports writer Nancy Armour. She writes a column in USA Today. And we always love having a fellow Trash Panda fan on the show. And <laughs> I got my T-shirt. <laughs> I know. We're, we're going to have to get ours, and then we'll take a group <laughs> shot when we're allowed to get together in groups. Yes. Nancy, thanks for joining us, Nancy. We appreciate it. Thanks sure. for your time. Have a good All afternoon. Right. Or you too. Be well. All right. Bye, Nancy. Nancy Armour, USA Today. Um, all right, we uh, we will take you up to two o'clock. We have to take a break. We come back. Um, so there's a there's a Cubs question I have for you, Mark. I want you to I want you to answer oh, this, good. and uh, we'll come back with that after we take a break and wrap up the show. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Mark Grody, Chicago Sports Radio, six seventy. The score. Always disappointing when you're short in the season. When I mean short, I'm not mean like the six game. I mean getting eliminated in the wild card like like today. It's obviously disappointing because I feel like we could have done more as a team. And um, I couldn't play, uh, we could play in a better way, but it didn't. So there's nothing that, that, that I can do about it. So, but overall, overall this year, I think that we could have done a lot more. Yeah, like that in a hit yesterday. That's Wilson Contreras. So just so you know how much the Cubs, the core of the Cubs World Series and the the past and future suck. Cubs went one for eight with runners in scoring position, left nine men on base. The two, three, four, five hitters, Rizzo, Contreras, Schwarber, Bryant, 0 for 12. You throw in Javi Baez and they're 0 for 16. This is the core of the World Series heroes, the future going forward. And the Heart of the Order brought to you by the Graceland Cemetery at 4001 Clark Street. And the Cubs season ends. We did not hear from Theo today, won't tomorrow. We will hear from him on Monday. So the question I have, Mark, what Mm -hmm. will Theo say? What do you think Theo will say in the, I guess, the fourth season, three and a half season after they won the World Series and were expected to win more and have nothing been nothing but flaming failures in the postseason with a broken offense for pretty much a year and a half. What do you think well, Theo will say? Yeah, I think based on his past postseason failure press conferences that he'll be brutally honest because he always is, and he'll say that what happened with the offense this year is not good enough and it is not acceptable, and that's not up to the standards that exist for the Chicago Cubs. So I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be stern. I think he's going to be angry, Theo Epstein. Angry. Not, yeah. Not, no, not, I mean, I don't know if. Uh, I don't know if angry is the right word. Edgy, honest, straightforward. Mm. Um, bat, you know, he'll say that they were not good at bats. We can't, we couldn't hit fastballs. That's unacceptable. We didn't hit with runners in scoring position. That's unacceptable. Our approach was unacceptable. I think that there'll be a lot of that. I do think there'll be some caveat because of this, this, the uniqueness of the season and all of that. But I think for the most part, we have seen. Theo Epstein be at, at this press conference, at this exact press conference in past mm-hmm. years, this is where we get some of the most honest moments that we've ever heard from GMs, I feel like, over the years. What do you think? I think you're right. I, I think it's the most emotional we've we'd seen him other than winning the World Series, watching him win the World Series. But I, I totally agree. And I know it's it's there's a there's a lot of there's a ther- therapeutic value, I think, for everybody in being part and seeing this. Uh, I don't know 
what he's going to say. He's certainly not going to tell you what he's going to do. But it's not enough to say the offense is broken. He's in a difficult situation. We all are, really. You know, you, you, you zero and you zoom in on, sorry to use that word, but you zoom in on the postseason and it's two games. Oh, well, only two games. Anybody can have a two-game losing streak. Yeah, but you can't afford to have a two-game losing streak now. And they did win their division. You could say that. But here's the thing. They started 13-3, and three and then they sucked. And we found out that the NL Central, as well as the AL Central, all sucked. Nobody's alive. 2-14 and 14 in the postseason. The division series are all coming from the East and the Wests. That's that. So it's, it's a very, it's a tough thing to evaluate because, and you need to evaluate it. I don't know how he's going to answer this question. How do you evaluate this season when you know you have contracts that are, you either need to extend or trade, or do you run this whole thing back because money tells you there's not enough coming in? You just run this thing back and play it out after whatever next year is going to be. Right. And as I said, you know, full circle beginning of the show is the best value that you might get in a trade for any of these guys, any of the guys that are free agents after 2021, Baez, Bryant, Schwarber, maybe Rizzo, but I think they'll pick up the option, um, is the best value going to be mid-season of next season, trade deadline type of moves, as opposed to this offseason when Obviously, you're not going to get the same value that maybe you once would have a couple of years if they had had t- more time left on their contract. So that becomes an, an incredibly um, important question and listen closely for the answer. But I'll, I'll turn it on you now, my friend. Let me ask you a question um, mm-hmm. because this is probably even a, a more difficult question to answer. Who, who, is, who will be off this roster to begin next year. Anybody? Of the core players. I think several will. Several? I, I don't... If, if Theo doesn't announce his resignation on Monday uh, or announce a plan of succession, uh, I don't know what Tom Ricketts would approve of. Assuming... Yeah, I, I don't know where the finances are going to be, and that's the problem with, it, with, with making that statement. But I expect several names to be moved because you cannot wow. ignore the playoff failure, the offensive failure of of what Theo has cobbled together of offensive strength. When you say launch angle is real, then you're telling every opponent what the pitching plan is. And when you get into the playoffs and you face better pitchers, ostensibly, as opposed to the Padres throwing a nine-inning shutout in a bullpen game uh, with nine guys. But the the idea of pitching to the Cubs has not been that difficult in the postseason since 2016. And the Cubs' offense has failed and flailed and been easy to, unfortunately, surprisingly easy to neuter because it just hasn't been there, and especially at home. They lost two games at home to the Marlins, and they they weren't going to score. They lost at home to the Rockies and the Brewers. They're they're doing this at home, and they're not hitting. 
I could see Bryant gone. I could see Rizzo gone. I could see Contreras gone, or maybe Baez. I, I, it would not surprise me if any three of them were not on the team next year. I don't know who's got the appetite for rebuilding. Is rebuilding a good idea when you don't have any revenue to start with? Your revenue is marquee. You need to give them something to watch, right? You need. It, I, I don't know what percentage of the revenue or the income that is, but you're going to be hard-pressed to, to believe the virus is going to be gone and you're going to sell tickets and Wrigley's going to be Wrigley like when you were there, Mark. But, but is it smart or not to try to tear it down and rebuild when there's nobody there anyways? Well, that's a great question. I, and I don't see... I, I know that they're not going to have the energy to do that again. That's, that's not going to happen. Like, like Tom Ricketts and the, the Cubs brass accepted that one time. I don't think that they would want to go through all of that again. You're, you're right. There's no way. Um, you know, with fans and the marquee network and everything. And Cubs fans, I don't know if they could endure that again. And I'm positive that that's not the way Theo Epstein wants to go. He doesn't have time. He's not going to resign on Monday. Uh, but he does not have time to do the full rebuild. And he indicated that, I don't know, he never used the word rebuild, but he indicated that last year at that press conference that there would be changes and things might not look the same and that he admitted to falling in love with the core a little bit too much and that maybe things need to change. So to me, that said, this is my words, rolling rebuild where you 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 take a hit one year to re, to build it back up the next year. And I don't know if that's possible at this point in terms of what you would get this offseason for the guys that you mentioned, the Chris Bryants, the Kyle Schwarbers, the Javier Baezas, the Anthony Rizzos, what are you actually going to get in terms of prospects or real major league level players? The only way you can get that value is if you do it within the season, trade deadline, but that would then... That way, and you're still going to make your money. Like, if they're fans there next year, fans are going to come see that core, no matter what, even if it's just as a, as a you know, um, a curtain call sort of thing for what they have done. But it's, it, it, I think that that's where you get your value is in season. So it's, it's very complicated, man. It really is. And it, it's intriguing. And quite frankly, I can't wait to see what they do in this offseason. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how. Theo's going to solve a Rubik's Cube, but you're right. It, it, they, fans will come to see them. And here's the sure. interesting part. I think that fans would come, of the, of the, you know, the, the heart of the five um, that went over 16, if you were to get rid of three of them, let's say there's just two left. Let's say it's Baez and Rizzo, just for argument's sake. Baez mm-hmm. and Rizzo were there. People will still come to see them. Sure. Javi is, Javi's worth the price of admission. You don't need all five. So then what do you do? You need to find teams that are get into a bidding war because they're desperate for what they believe that talent would be. But then somebody would have to be spending some real money, real money without revenue streams, to to take on these guys and, and try to keep them, I guess, in order to get them value. I just don't know how he solves, how Theo solves that. Well, I, I'm just saying, like, if I believe that if, they had the patience to do that, to wait mm-hmm. until next season. And, and I get they would they would get all sorts of crap if they don't make any major 
um, dramatic changes right now. But I do believe, because there's, there's plenty of teams, there are plenty of examples throughout history where guys are rented and then not re-signed as, as much as they would ideally like to do that. But you couldn't see a team like the Dodgers or the Yankees saying, yeah, we'll take your Kyle Schwarber for uh, you know a first-round pick or a top hotshot prospect for for a month of the season. We'll take your Chris Bryant. We'll take your whoever, Rizzo, your Baez, your Wilson Contreras, you know, who is we haven't even talked about. And he's because he's here through 2022, but he's an interesting case as well. Indeed. By the way, let me ask you this. Would you, the new thing has become Zoom table readings of movies by the stars who have done them. Yeah. And, and one, the, the latest one I've read about is according to Rolling Stone, Dazed and Confused with oh. Matthew McConaughey, Ben Affleck, Parker Posey. Have you watched any of these things? No, but I, read? but I would I would do that. That just reminds me of my uh, fifth year in college when I think of that movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your fifth year? <laughs> my fifth year. And I only have an undergrad degree. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, that's uh, that's great. I I keep getting older, and they stay the same. That was <laughs> that right. was quite that was quite the movie. I um, love that movie. Uh, yeah, it, it it was terrific. Matthew McConaughey introduces himself, and uh, McConaughey introduced himself, and Ben Affleck, and that was that was quite the thing. And so the, these table ratings are becoming quite. Um, I remember Parks and Rec did that, and. Um, I remember being talked about Jason Benetti and Mike Schur, the Twitter account Ken Tremendous, and he co-wrote, co-produced, was was right there in um, Parks and Rec, and they did that, and you got to see Ron Swanson again, which is always important. All right, um, we're done with Saturday Suckage for today. An hour from now begins our coverage of the Preakness, and tomorrow... The Scores Bet Rivers pregame show kicks off at noon. Bears game change 325 tomorrow against the Colts at Soldier Field. Mark Grody will be there. Yeah. You'll be there and it'll be on the pregame show. The Scores Bet Rivers pregame show it kicks off at noon. Thank everybody for listening. Jordan Malley for producing. Trash Panda for producing. Nancy Armour, our guest. Jim Margala, Sox Machine. Everyone who listened, the two people who called and everyone who texted and hate what we're doing. Thank you so much. We suck so you don't have to. Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. It wouldn't have been possible if we weren't here to be told how much we suck. So... Kudos to you guys for sucking as bad as we do. Oh, yes. Wait Wait a minute, minute, Mr. Post. Wait, wait. Wait. Oh, yeah. That's it. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.